Hello, hi everybody. It's Rob Kays. And Trevor Koppel. Trevor Koppel? That's me. Huh. Well, it must be football in general time. Is that it? <laughs> That's right. Oh, okay, welcome to football in general, everybody. Woo! <laughs> Go ahead, hit the clap. Hit the clap sound. You know, play me off. Play me off, Charlie. <laughs> What's going on, man? It's been a couple oh, weeks. Oh, man. It's, uh... It's been an interesting August, an interesting preseason. Lots to talk about this week. Yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of it revolving our favorite team, the New England Patriots. <laughs> <laughs> At least my favorite team and everybody out there. And just a reminder, this is therapy for me, okay? Let me have my time. <laughs> <laughs> Let me have my damn time about this one. Um, let's get right into it. What did you think about the drama that happened this week with the, the Patriots? So uh, I think you're talking about the drama with cam newton's confusion correct um, or lack thereof who knows yeah it uh <laughs> it's it's pretty shocking uh you know and it, it's it's less to do with with the covid situation itself uh the, the the real shocking part of this story is uh that somebody who's supposed to you know the, the level of professionalism expected for a prospective starting quarterback of an NFL team, it, it, it's just supposed to be orders of magnitude above these kinds of mistakes. Uh, right. So it it's a real head-scratcher. Um, uh, if you're a fan uh, of the team, you hate to see it. Uh, if you're just a, you know, a, a fan of any of the other teams, you still don't like this because you can't help but wonder – uh, you know what it would be like to have this happen to your starting quarterback, and uh, and it's not impossible that, that things like this are going to continue throughout the season, and we'll see, uh, you know, players miss out on contributing to their team for nonsense. It's eleven o'clock. Do you know where your starting quarterback is? Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, I can't help but be really upset by this. I think in, in any sense of the word, you know, if you're a starting quarterback in the NFL right now, and listen, like, everybody has different reasons for not being vaccinated. I, I'm not going to make this a political discussion, and it's unfortunate a vaccine is a political discussion, but that's a whole other podcast for another day. Um, you know, this is pretty wild. I mean, you're literally three weeks away from the start of the season. You have to leave New England um, because of a medical appointment, according to what, he, what the... Um, what it was, what was reported uh, by the New England Patriots, and so like, let me ask. So, correct me if I'm wrong, but he's in Boston, and New England has the greatest medical services in this country, if not in the almost in the entire world, like top two or three, right? If not the best. I mean, certainly. I mean, the medical community can debate that all they want. Right. That's but, another podcast. Uh, the, the the more <laughs> more to the point. Yeah. It's beyond adequate. Yeah. I mean, good grief. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, and, and the other thing is, is, you know, it, it, a misunderstanding about the testing. So he got tested outside of New England, outside of an NFL facility when he should be getting tested in an NFL facility once he gets back. Uh, how, how does that happen? It, this is the, the New England Patriots we're talking about here, the, the most tight lipped franchise they have. Um, Every sort of intention of following, I almost said all the rules, but that's not true. <laughs> so all most of the, most of the rules, um, and you know, and if anybody, Bill Belichick's about as analytical and sort of like uh, on point as far as you think these things are concerned as anybody. But this happened last year. You know, he uh, got COVID last year. And apparently, was out in um, the C, I think the Seabrook Hotel um, in Boston with Stephon Gilmore, who also missed the, the Chiefs game. Um, and apparently there was something else around that time or just before it that happened too that was COVID related uh, or potentially with, with Cam Newton. So this is not the first time. That's what we're trying to say. That's what I'm trying to say. Um, gotcha. You know, yeah. and and so like, let me ask you this. I mean, you know, does he lose his job over something like this, or should he? I mean, I don't. I don't expect him to. Uh, right. I. You know. Man, uh, he he definitely deserves like all the chastisement that's coming his way in the media because this is just like I said this this sort of screw up is not tolerated. 
at, at that level. But at the same time, the talent is the talent, and you can't just discard Cam Newton for this alone. Mm. Uh, but from his perspective, this really only makes his situation worse. It makes it more difficult. Mm. Um, he, I, I guess to borrow an expression, he's on thin ice now. But I, I, I think that the quarterback battle will continue. Um, I, I think at the very least, maybe maybe the most impactful part of this is that he's losing a lot of capital as a leader, because mm-hmm. uh, this isn't the sort of thing that you expect from the leader of your team. Right. Yeah. I, I can't agree more. And honestly, like, this is your last chance as a starting quarterback in the NFL. <laughs> <laughs> you're like acting like you know you're just doing some really silly things, and yeah. you're not really taking it as seriously, in my opinion. And maybe I'm wrong. And I'm listen, not NFL quarterback. I'm not in the the Patriots locker room, but you know you would hope he would conduct himself more professionally, like you said, or at least be more aware of the rules. Or you know, if you're going to get a go to a medical appointment, why not flying the doctor as a Patriots if that's possible? Get him there somehow. Find a specialist that's just as good at whatever you're working on closer to New England. I don't think it's asking for any anything. I'm not asking for a lot in any sense of the word, you know? Um, right. You're going to be a starting quarterback for the New England Patriots, you know? Most most polarized, polarizing franchise in the NFL, arguably, you know? So I, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> I got no sympathy for you, you know? Um, and to do some of this stuff is silly, you know? And you can't help but wonder around the league, like Lamar Jackson, Kirk Cousins, um, you know, there's going to be, like you said, there's going to be players, but more importantly, there's going to be, uh, there's a few other quarterbacks who are, aren't going to get the vaccine. I already said they wouldn't. And who have already right. dealt with sort of COVID um, protocols and whatnot. So, um, no, a- absolutely. Yeah. Um, I know uh, as a Vikings fan, it's really frustrating to think that uh, uh, Kirk Cousins could, uh, you know, miss two or three games in the middle of the season by being placed back on the COVID-19 list because he refuses to get the, the vaccine. Uh, even if he doesn't get sick, he could, he could miss, uh, you know, multiple games mm-hmm. because of his decision to not get vaccinated. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and again, we're not going to get into a, a political debate. It, it's, it's terrible that it is a political issue, but mm-hmm. uh, when it comes to the NFL players and the NFL fans, we want, players that are going to do everything that they can to succeed for our team Mm -hmm. and this seems like a no-brainer get get the vaccine i don't i don't care if you think that covid is a straight up complete conspiracy there is no covid Mm -hmm. uh don't don't borrow this soundbite anybody uh i don't (laughs) i don't feel (laughs) that way uh but you know let's say that that's what kirk cousins thinks that that's not the issue the issue is you could miss games without even getting sick because you don't have a vaccination. Yeah. Uh, and that, that to me, at, at that level, that, that's unacceptable. Yeah. It's extremely frustrating. Uh, I know Coach Zimmer is really frustrated with it, but also uh, the fans. I think even fans that are politically in line with Kirk Cousins still want to see him get the vaccine because he plays starting quarterback for the Minnesota Vikings. And it's the same situation with Cam Newton. So, yep. Yep. It's, it, it, you know, it's just very frustrating and you hope you set a precedent of like leadership for the rest of the team. And I, I don't know, you know, it's as a fan, it's even more frustrating, especially when you're in a, you're like, like a Vikings or a Patriots situation where you went seven and nine the year before and you're trying to bounce back and you need all hands on deck. Right. <laughs> to do so. And, you know, this just kind of puts a lot of preparation behind. And, um, you know, yes, you could say, well, it's five days. They have two weeks to prepare for the regular season. Well, that you know, that can make a huge difference if we're talking week week one. You know, that's a difference between, you know, this they're, for like New England's purpose sake, like they're, they're playing New York in a joint practice right now. How important are those reps? I mean, extremely, considering it's just going to be you and the rest of the team in a locked um, in a lockdown practice facility for two weeks after this, right. you know, these, these reps are huge. And especially for a guy who hasn't looked that great. He's looked, oh, he's looked good, but not great. So, you know, and you're in a quarterback battle, with Mac Jones, who, by the way, threw 17 consecutive completions today in a joint practice and looked fantastic. 
Um, you know, he was the best Jones in the field. Sorry, Daniel Jones. You suck. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm taking shots, right? Um, but, you know, honestly, yeah, it's, it's disappointing. Go, so going back to more Patriots news, Sony Michelle traded today for a fifth-round, sixth-round pick that could be a fourth-round pick depending on the um, uh, compensation of the draft pick that the Rams get for uh, safety Josh Johnson at the end of the season. Uh, Trevor, I know you're not a Patriots fan. Maybe don't follow the team as close as I do. But you gotta, you got to think that this guy's a bust and they could have redone this pick 15 times they would have, right, in 2018? Uh, I think you're definitely right there. Yeah. Um, there, there's uh, just a, a whole lot of, you know, in hindsight, really good picks that went after Sony Michelle in that draft. Yeah. Uh, I, I do think it's interesting development, not just for the Patriots, and I'm going to come back to the Patriots, but the... Uh, the interesting thing here is what it means for Sony Michelle and the Rams. Uh, do do you think Sony Michelle can step in and take the number one spot there? You know, I was thinking about that this morning when I saw the trade, um, and I, you know, I just wonder. I don't think he is as much of a. Well, he's not going to start, right? Daryl Henderson's going to start, and so. I think he'll push him, but I think they're they're just lacking depth because Cam Akers got hurt, right? He tore his Achilles, I think. Um, So he's out indefinitely. And you don't know, maybe he could be out next season too or part of it. So it's good to have insurance. Um, I can't help but wonder. uh, Well, let me ask you a question. So no, I I don't think that's the case. But I think he's going to be a good piece. I I said St. Louis? Wow. (laughs) (laughs) The greatest show on turf is back. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Los Angeles, sorry. <laughs> it's been a week. Um, you know, and I can't help but wonder, like, so LA's building this, like, super team, sort of? Like, they've given up a lot of draft picks over the last three or four years to make a team that's not won a Super Bowl, gone to the divisional round playoffs last year, and the year before that, they went to, you know, the year before they went to the Super Bowl, that happened, too, and missed the playoffs the year after they went to the Super Bowl. Right. Does, does that... Do, is that something that any LA fan should be concerned about? I mean, I, I think it's really interesting what's going on with the Rams right now because yeah. they they still have this really physical defense with 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 star power on it. You mm-hmm. know, um, they've got a huge upgrade, and and a lot of people, myself included, are waiting to see how big an upgrade Matthew Stafford is. I believe it's a big one. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, from that perspective, I think Rams fans believe that they could be right back in the Super Bowl with this roster. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's a tough road ahead of them if that's going to be the case. But I, I think I can see it, too. Um, so, I, I think the Rams uh, fan base has a lot to be excited about. And I do think that Sony Michelle is about the best move they could make to, to shore up that backfield uh, with what's available right now, because uh, with when you, when you look at the the free agent running backs, uh, even the ones that were proven at one time, uh, I don't think you're going to find as much value as I see in Sony Michelle in yeah. the right situation. So altogether, I think this is a great move for a team that really is uh, doing everything it can to get right back at the top. Yeah, I can't because, blame them because Oops, I, I really think the defense is central to that team's identity. Yeah. Matthew Stafford, I expect to be a big leader on that team, but, uh, these, you know, I think everybody knows at this point that when your team is going to get to the Super Bowl on the strength of your defense, that's that window doesn't stay open as long as you want it to. Sure. Uh, so if they're going to get there with, uh, you know, Aaron Donald and, uh, Jalen Ramsey and Jalen Ramsey, thank mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of, kind of leading the way. It, it needs to happen now. So yeah, yeah. Can't, can't, can't blame you for thinking that. And certainly, like, I can't blame the Rams for going for it. Right? You might, you said your window might be short, potentially even closed. You might not have no idea, and you're just kind of trading assets away. But like, the NFL is such a league where like you develop from the draft. You know, like rarely do teams right. who are like super teams. Even the Patriots that went undefeated in the regular season in 2007 that had a super team, like that 
I mean, that's not really sustainable. And so I can't help but think like, I just, I don't, I don't think they can make, I don't think they're going to make it to the Super Bowl. <laughs> I mean, really tough division. And granted, you need like kind of hand, all hands on deck. They just trade away so many assets in the last four or five years. You know, it, it has to kind of catch up to you, does it not? You know, like I, I completely agree. I yeah, completely agree. Yeah. Um, well, I, I said I was going to bring this back to the Patriots, and Maybe. so the, the my my second thought upon yeah. hearing this news about Sony Michelle mm-hmm. was Ramondre Stevenson, the yeah. uh, Oklahoma running back that they drafted, you know, middle of the fourth round. Right. Uh, I I haven't gotten to, to watch much of the Patriots this preseason, but. My gut tells me that they really like what they see in this, you know, fourth round uh, running back, mm-hmm. and so they're comfortable trying to get what value they can from Stony Michelle, first round running back who just mm-hmm. hasn't worked out for him. Yeah, he's been really good. He had a ninety-one yard touchdown run. You know, there you go. Uh, yeah. yeah, just he's looked incredible. JJ Taylor's looked really good. Um, James White they have, of course, and then Damian Harris. And their offensive line's so good. I think they can put anybody at, back there and not be too concerned about what the results may be, you know? So if Sonny Michelle was, I mean, they didn't, they didn't, they weren't going to give him the, um, the ex, the option, you know, fifth year option. He was basically expendable. And it's kind of one of those things where it's like, ooh, Belichick's playing chess while everybody else is playing checkers. Like, not really. Uh-huh. No. <laughs> no, no, okay, Nimrod, but no, no, not really. <laughs> you know, he's making, like he's making moves, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he makes a lot of moves. You know, he walks on a treadmill. You know, he he doesn't talk to the media very well, but that's a whole other story for another time. You know, and so like, you know, I, I, yeah, I can't help but think that he was expendable. And like you said, yes, they 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 thought they he looked really good in camp. Um, so from run, one running back to another, Trevor. How on point were we with this Travis Entian news? Not that we oh, thought he was going to get hurt, but I, mean, it, I, I, I hate to be right. <laughs> yeah. this Way. Yeah, this is not a uh, good way to be right. I don't like to see anyone, <laughs> uh, especially a rookie like this. Yeah. Uh, really, you know, we'll have to wait. And you know, the 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 question of we're always excited to see how these rookies are going to do in the NFL, yeah. and now we won't know uh, for at least another year. Um, and you know, we we had talked. Uh, when we were doing our, our draft analysis mm-hmm. about we, we were pretty critical of this pick. They, I, I feel like they could have found a lot more value in other places where they really need it. Um, I, I didn't, you know, I, I think he, he could have been a big part of their offense this year, but mm-hmm. man, uh, you know, they're, he, cause he's their second pick in the first round. Uh, you know, uh, and he's just, yeah. It, so going into this very important first year with their first pick of the first round, uh, he's just not going to be there to help out. So yeah. not going to not, not going to work there anymore. Yeah, right. no. <laughs> I just thought, yeah. I mean, this is really unfortunate. I, I didn't mean to make it sound all, well. Look at us. We're, oh, we're smart. We're the experts. But you know, to be honest with you, it's like, yeah, they should have gotten a, a offensive lineman. You know, it's you. You don't want to see a guy get injured, especially a first round pick like Etienne, who has so much talent. But it's like you know, I hate to say I told you so, but you right. know, <laughs> like <laughs> you had somebody on the board, you could have you know traded up for. Or they had offensive linemen on the board then. I think even like Derisaw that went to Minnesota was still there. Like I think so. Yeah. You have no excuse. Like you should have got an offensive lineman, and now like. They have less weapons, and that's kind of concerning for me as a Jackson. Well, I'm not a Jackson Jaguars fan, but if I was, I'd be a little concerned, considering right, they're, right. Well, they I mean, don't have a lot of to be. They have some, but their depth is lacking, and now they just have James Robinson in the backfield. You know, uh, it's so it's a it's a first round pick. Yeah, it was meant to support your number one overall pick, right. rookie quarterback. Right, uh, and now it's it's a big fat goose egg for the year. <laughs> uh, so it, it it's it it is a worst case scenario for that pick. Terrible. Um, yeah, it's pretty bad. Pretty uh, bad. And that uh, that brings us to another first round pick I want to talk about mm. that that we were critical of. I was definitely critical of, and that was uh, the Bengals mm. going going wide receiver in the first round. Uh, you know, I, I I've talked before on this podcast about 
what a roll of the dice it is to take a wide receiver in the first round. Uh, I know you and I both talked about uh, the need to uh, protect Joe Burrow with, uh, you know, there, there were certainly a lot, even, you know, I, I think at that point they could have had any offensive lineman that they wanted. No one had gone in the O-line yet yeah. in that draft. Uh, yeah. And he's not out for the season. We're talking about uh, Lamar Chase. Shamar uh, Chase, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so he uh, he's just been pretty underwhelming in practice. It's bringing up a lot of discussions about him not playing football for over a year. Uh, he had a, a bit of a reputation uh, for, for missed opportunities and dropped passes uh, going into this preseason, and, and that's what we're starting to see. Is uh, I think he had three dropped passes uh, this week. So right, right, and you know it's like it's tough because it's you know he hasn't played in a couple of years, but you know these guys keep themselves in such good football shape that it's hard for me to uh, you know and they can go play at combines and you know they 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 can they can they can get they can stay warm I guess for lack of a better term in terms of their hands right. and everything else you know and so like dude if you're gonna take a couple of years off and you're not going to come back to LSU. Well, you better, you better, you better be ready to go. <laughs> the start of training camp. That's all I can right. really say. Well, and, you know? and you know, it's, uh, it's not a done deal yet. We're, right. we're still just speculating on what we see in the preseason, <laughs> but, uh, right now the, it looks to me, uh, I'm doubling down on my critique of that pick. I think they would have been a lot better off with, Pencil. you know, uh, yeah. you know, a plug and play O lineman. So they had the, they had a, literally a shot, the best offensive rated tackle in like ten years. <laughs> you know, and, and, and so and yeah. So uh, you know, everything I said uh, a month or so back when we were when we were first talking about the twenty twenty one draft. Yeah. Uh, I, I definitely uh, I'm feeling pretty strongly the same way about those uh, today. Um, still wish chase the best hope it works out for him but right now it's looking like uh that that pick for the moment is leaning towards bust yeah it's still preseason but we like to overreact and uh Mm -hmm. you know (laughs) overanalyze here because you know what else is the show be here for i mean come on we do what what else we gonna do right right we're just we we see what we see and we'll we'll just blow it up till you know it becomes like the size of the moon you know <laughs> hey, hey, did you hear jamar chase doesn't have hands that's why he can't catch you know <laughs> like <laughs> yeah, did you know that <laughs> so you know Kirk, um Kirk cousins uh, actually caused covid right right yeah <laughs> created the variant in minnesota lab you know like god <laughs> son of a uh, son of a bee you know so um but it, regardless i think it, it's obvious you know if you don't have offensive tackles or offensive linemen that block for you, you're going to have a hard time even throwing the ball. So the jury is still out, of course, but uh, Panay Sewell has actually looked pretty good in the preseason um, and is expected to see action I, this Thursday. Real quick, because we're starting talking about preseason. Real, and do, what do you, do you think this last game is going to be like a dress rehearsal? What do you, what, what, what kind of, because this is the last game of the preseason. Usually we, you know, we kind of see like nobody plays, no starters play, but this is like for two weeks between the start of the regular season. Like what can we expect here? Man, it, I think it's hard to say what to expect. I think what you're expecting is going to have to be team to team. Mm. Um, I think teams are going to have different strategies to see what they think, you know, what they most need to get a last look at. To because when is uh, when's the last uh, like. When do they have to have the roster finalized? It's not until I, after the game, right? Yeah, I, yeah, I believe so. Shortly after. Yeah. So, yeah. so I think there's a lot of teams out there that are still trying to make a lot of decisions, and I expect that to more than anything else dictate who we see on the field in these last games. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, where you have a close quarterback battle, I still expect to see both of them play. You know. Um, but uh, where where you don't have some of these position battles happening, I think you'd be a little foolish to put these guys out on the field. So, uh, and then I mean, and then some of these some of these battles are are, are the ones we don't really talk about, you know. Right. Uh, battle for the number six wide receiver spot. Oh. You know. 
uh, very compelling. Or, or even just the number five if they don't carry six. Oh, the long uh, snapper. <laughs> yeah, th- things Who's like Who's going to go there? So, <laughs> so uh, you know, if, if you really geek out to uh, the, the depths of, uh, of these rosters or your team's roster, then I think these last games could be really interesting. Um, sometimes it just comes down to which which wide receiver that's trying to make the team is going to make a play on special teams and, you know, become the next Adam Thielen. Mm. Uh, <laughs> so through that lens, it's easy to get pretty excited, but you're not going to see any of the superstars out there battling for their job. Right. And so, yeah, that's a good take. And it really does depend to team, team what they want out of their players, how prepared they want them to be. And I think like a team like Tampa Bay, for example, a little bit older, some veterans, like they'll probably, it'll probably be like a two quarter game for the starters. I'd have to imagine um, because they're playing on Thursday night. They don't have that extra, like what, three, four days of preparation. Um, right. I'd say same with Dallas, I assume uh, new England, I could see them doing that. Um, younger teams, probably like Trevor Lawrence needs as much as he can get, you know? Right. Um, and then it leads me to ask this question. So what is your opinion of this Teddy Bridgewater and Jameis Winston being named the starters for their respective teams? I'm, I'm actually pretty excited about both of these. Um, I'm going to start with Jameis Winston. Uh, I think that he's the right choice for the Saints. Mm. Um, I, I, and I know that that might sound crazy to uh, you know anyone that's, that's followed Jameis Winston's career. Um, but I just don't see the formula there uh, for uh, Taysom Hill. Is that his name? Yeah. Yep. So uh, I, I think Taysom Hill is a great player, uh, a Swiss Army knife on offense if there ever was one. Mm. Um but I just I don't ever think he's been a guy that can be under center for an entire season and put together a team that's over 500. I just don't think he's that guy. Uh, You're not that uh, guy, pal. James, not that guy. <laughs> James, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Jameis Winston often definitely doesn't look like that guy either. Yeah. Um, but you know, anybody that's still in the league has a chance to show improvement. Um, you find the right coach, the right squad. And someone can really turn it around. Yeah. And anybody that, you know, the people that, that watch Jameis Winston and know what I'm talking about with how bad he can be also know that he can be amazing. Mm-hmm. You know, it, he, he's, he's, he's always been so up and down. He can just be, you know, a pro bowler one week and, you know, get this guy out of the league next week. Mm-hmm. So yeah. if they can find a happy middle or even just a little bit more stability from his output, I think he's definitely the best option going forward for the Saints. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't... I mean, I, I... I personally don't think the Saints are going to be very good this year. I personally so don't either. I, I, and I, I, yeah. I don't even think this is the best offense. I don't even think it's close to the best offense that Jameis Winston has played on. So it right. really is up to his personal growth and improvement to make a difference because it's not like oh well now he's got the weapons no no, no. he's he's always had plenty of weapons um so it this it you know if if he can put together more success than he's found in the past that's that's a, a victory for him and a victory for the coaches and not not to say that it's not still a team sport but you know if, if he's gonna make an improvement at all it it's really on him right Right. Yeah, and, and at the end of the day, he's going to make less mistakes. Like, a lot less. Right. Like, I think he had, like, 40-plus to- turnovers that one year. He threw, like, 30 interceptions. Like, yeah, th- that's insane. <laughs> <laughs> like, Tampa Bay got Tom Brady the next year. Significantly better, obviously, because he got Tom Brady. But way less turnovers and was a Super Bowl team. You know? Right. And so, right. And so like, yeah, Jameis, like, I, you know, he, you got to like the story, right? And now he's in he's in New Orleans. He's playing for Sean Payton, and he's got like a great mentor, and like, you know, he's got a good team around him. And guy Alvin Kamara, Michael Thomas, and ooh, Michael Thomas might not play for New Orleans this year, but that could be for another podcast too. Ooh, right, but that's right. all another speculation story. Maybe the but, Patriots. Ooh, that's like me running my as, fingers like Mr. Burns right now. <laughs> you know, so as, as long as Jameis Winston doesn't, uh, yeah, 
what was the word? As long as he doesn't commit any misunderstandings, uh, <laughs> then uh, he's he's got potential this season. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's very true. <laughs> right. So, um, so let me hit you with this line. Uh, Taysom Hill once said, "If New Orleans doesn't view me as a quarterback, then I have to leave." Well, bye bye. <laughs> well, I, I mean, you know, he's, I, and let's see what they're going to use him for. Listen, I mean. I mean so I, they they they've been using him as a quarterback, I'm, just not I'm, as the starting quarterback. You know, he, he got to he, he took plenty of snaps under center for being back up to Drew Brees, uh, and I, you know if, if he needs to go play somewhere else where they're going to make him a starting quarterback, then maybe he needs to get on the phone to Indianapolis. Uh, hmm. But uh, you know, I. I it's a situation I'm hesitant to comment on as much because I don't follow it as closely, but I would guess that he's really found a special spot on that roster with what he can do and what he can provide for them. Um, I don't think the saints want him to go anywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if, but if he needs, you know, if he's a peacock and it just has to fly, then that's what he's going to have to do. Uh, <laughs> But I, I honestly, so I mean, I would advise him to think real hard about making a decision like that for the same reason that I think the Saints are doing the right thing, choosing Jameis Winston, mm-hmm. and that's that I don't see Taysom Hill as a season-long starting quarterback. Yeah, I, I think I see him as you know, he might not even he might not even should be a backup quarterback. He maybe needs to be a permanent part of the offensive package it yep. just so happens to be an amazing backup quarterback as well. Right. Um, <laughs> amazing so, backup quarterback. That's, that's like saying, you know, like, Oh, this American, this, this cheddar cheese is amazing, but this American cheese, if you need it, it's going to be in the back of the fridge. It's going to be here. <laughs> it's going to be here when you need it, <laughs> you know, like, but it's, you know, it's not going to serve as much purpose as cheddar cheese here. You know what I mean? <laughs> the yeah, the cheese the cheese metaphors are really popular right now. Um, so, no, I don't disagree with you. I I, I just you know I, I can't help but think like if they can get value for him because Jameis is you know fairly um, reliable injury wise. I mean, I, you know if their season goes down at the tube, I, they should just let it go because no, I, uh, so you know yeah if. If uh, if Taysom Hill isn't happy with the situation and yeah. the Saints are trying to get value for him, I think that uh, you know the most obvious one off the top of my head is Indianapolis. They right. they need somebody. Yeah. Uh, so you know, let's make that happen. You're welcome, Carson Wentz. <laughs> right, Carson Wentz, and uh, um, now I can't remember his name. Golly, uh, Quentin Nelson returned to practice this week. So after the foot injury curse of Indianapolis, worse than COVID apparently. So hit the hit the <laughs> team. <laughs> foot injuries galore. So don't go to Indianapolis, and if you're going to go, wear two pairs of shoes over your a pair you're already wearing. So it's three in total <laughs> for your counting. So anywho, um, Teddy Bridgewater. We let's do this one real quick so we can jump to the fans to our uh, mock draft. Let's. All right, I'll try. Yeah. I don't want to do this one very quick because okay. I, I I've got a lot of opinions on this one. Okay. Um, I think that Denver has absolutely made the right decision here. Uh, I I know a lot of the Denver fans uh, listening to the K fan talk about it every day. Uh, they're very they're very set in believing that they have a much higher ceiling with uh, Drew Locke and that Teddy Bridgewater has a higher floor, but they're really wanting to roll the dice on the higher ceiling uh, because you're trying to win as much as you can anyways. Did did you say the ceiling's on the floor? (laughs) No, I'm comparing a high ceiling to a high floor. Okay. Uh, okay. So so they they think that Drew Locke has a high ceiling, low floor. Got it. Teddy Bridgewater, high floor, low ceiling. Sounds like a tight space. They think Teddy Bridgewater (laughs) is the safe guy that's not going to get you there. And they think that Vic Fangio is just protecting his job by putting uh, Teddy Bridgewater as the starter. Mm. They might be right about that, but I really don't see it that way. I don't think Drew Locke has a high ceiling. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I think that... uh, we got to see all we needed to see from Drew Locke the last couple seasons. Um, and 
I, I, I said it as soon as the trade happened. I think everybody on the Denver Broncos offense gets a big upgrade by bringing Teddy Bridgewater in. Uh, I think Bronco fans are reluctant to admit that that uh, Drew Locke is the last or the, the latest in a parade of disappointing quarterbacks. I, I mean, really disappointing quarterbacks. Um, and even though Teddy Bridgewater doesn't present that possibility of being really good, I don't think Drew Locke has that either. So I do think Teddy Bridgewater is the obvious right choice in Denver. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think so too. And the parade could stretch from 6th Avenue all the way to uh, East, East Colfax. You know? that's, that's right. <laughs> so, I mean, in ever Denver. Since, ever since Peyton Manning, it's just been nothing but mediocrity or worse. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think Teddy Bridgewater is going to be the best quarterback that they've seen since the 2015 season. Yeah, and, and this this is really, like, Vic Fangio, like, this is it, man. Like, you know, two seasons where you're fairly mediocre. Granted, last year they got there was a lot of injuries, you know. Um, everybody's back this year. They're going to have a really good defense, and they drafted Sertain. They had some really good signings in free agency to improve that side of the ball. Like, you know, they don't get out to a good start uh, for whatever reason quarterback maybe and maybe they're switching back and forth and things just look really chaotic he's out he's out by week eight you know right, right. i think so um, well and i yeah. mean and and you know to bring it all the way back to teddy bridgewater as a minnesota viking yeah uh i think that the situation he has in denver uh a lot of things line up with the success he had so his his second year his only uh, year in Minnesota where he started the season as the starter and finished as the starter. They went to the playoffs. He went to a Pro Bowl. They had a great defense, and he kind of just, you know, he was able to put together this great season by doing just enough and being a great game manager, not making mistakes that the defense can't come back from or get you out of. Uh, and I think that that formula could surprise a lot of people in Denver and around the league. Uh, the Broncos could put together a few more wins than people are expecting because of the balance between, you know, a high floor, low ceiling quarterback and a really solid, reliable defense. So, but it's like, let me ask you this. <laughs> if you're a Denver Broncos fan, like, should you be like even an eighth excited about Teddy Ridgewater being your quarterback? Like, should you have any... Should you just be like, okay, well... <laughs> you know, we'll see what happens. Because Locke's not going to go anywhere, right? So, like, why, why would I be excited that about him being the quarterback? Honestly. Well, be, because it's football, alright? I think <laughs> the answer to your question is absolutely you should be excited. Denver should be excited. Yeah. Because it's a new season. Yeah. You know, yeah, maybe know. maybe after week one they won't be excited anymore. <laughs> maybe maybe it'll take longer than that. But I, I think I think that uh, you know it, it, if 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 you're a Broncos fan and you can see what I see uh, in terms of Teddy Bridgewater is the a, a big step forward for the offense, then I think you do have to be excited about it. Okay. Um, I, I do. I, I, it. Even if you're just excited about the young talent on offense having a little bit more of a quarterback to develop around, I think this is big news for Cortland Sutton. Yeah. Um, so I, 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 Cortland Sutton, Noah Fant, these jo- guys have a chance to really grow. Judy. Yeah. Judy, all mm-hmm. those guys. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I really, you know, I'm excited for the Broncos. There, I said it. I'm excited for the Broncos now that they've made Teddy Bridgewater their starting quarterback. Um, yeah, I, th- I think that uh, I think that a lot of people are going to be uh, eating their words uh, in Denver when it comes to this quarterback. Okay. Well, we'll see what happens, right? And that's the fun part of the season. Like you said, it's a brand new season. Um, the benefit of the doubt is certainly on the table, and um, it can't get any worse. 
<laughs> it's been in the last six years. That's, that's so. been the situation for too long. Okay, yeah. the Denver is, you know, the, the Denver Broncos after Peyton Manning kind of defies the rule that there's nowhere to go but up when you're at the bottom. Right, right. You can just stay at the bottom. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, and maybe their idea is to just build a good defense around, you know, get a really good defense, play the pass game really tight, get some pressure on the quarterback, and just hope your offenses make any mistakes and play low scoring. And that's how they won the Super Bowl. That's Absolutely. exactly how they won a Super Bowl. So yeah. maybe that's the plan. And I'd like to think that. Until they put Drew Locke in, and he throws two interceptions at the end of the Patriots game and almost blows it last year. And he did that several right. times, you know? But that's why you said Bridgewater is definitely a better option. He can develop and don't have to worry about the mistakes and the frustration that's going to get some young players down. Yeah, I, I think you're on point with that. Um, but he's, you know, he also had, you know, he was in Carolina and was just, like, efficient, and they were 5-11. and 11. So, you know, we'll see. And granted, they have better defense, but we'll see. So now they'll they'll need to make sure that they're who, who's kicking the football in Denver these days. Uh, uh, the, 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 he's been there forever. He kicked like a sixty-five yard field goal. One, one Prater time. is it Prater? Uh, Prater is in the in Detroit. Gotcha. Yep. So well, so what I'm what I'm saying is is you know. The formula that, that I'm speaking of in Denver that I saw in Minnesota. Brandon McManus. Teddy, there yeah. you go, McManus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when Teddy Bridgewater took the Vikings to the playoffs, it was it was kind of like you described, uh, relying on defense and mistake-free offense. And then where it all fell apart was a missed field goal in the postseason. Uh, and I could, I could do a, a, a whole series of podcasts on Minnesota Vikings missed field goals. But my point is, is when you, when you play football like that, those three point field goals really add up. So, uh, the kicking game needs to be, needs to be tight. Ooh, Gary Anderson. Ooh. <laughs> uh, anyway, anybody wants to watch the 98 uh, NFC championship game, you know, who don't, I'm talking about. <laughs> don't, don't, don't even get me started. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> um, so, uh, real quick, we we're going to do mock draft, but really, like, I feel like it's better that we just, Trevor, why don't we just give the folks some, some things you should, absolutely should not do in any of these rounds, some things you should do, some players you wouldn't take in the first round, So I think that's your most important draft, it's really, a important part of the draft, excuse me, is really round, round, uh, round one and two, and then obviously some of the free agent pickups you make throughout the season, but, um, wait, so do, go, give me one and I'll give you, we'll go back and forth, and that'll kind of be a mock sort of advice draft <laughs> what's your number all number one overall pick in terms of advice you would give somebody coming up on their draft weekend or draft day this week and next week because i think that's when most people are doing them what's something right. what's something you would tell somebody well so i'm already seeing way way too many uh instances where quarterbacks are going in the first round yeah. um yeah i don't know why we see this every year but well, it's just. L- let me interrupt you. Sorry. What would yeah. make somebody take make that pick? What do you think? I, I don't know. I mean, at, at least we're not. So I haven't seen any mock drafts or, or you know, I know people who've already done their drafts. Uh, I'm not seeing number one overall quarterbacks. That's good. But you know, you've got uh, quarterbacks going late in the first round, mm-hmm. and there's just no need for it. Um, and and it can really, I mean, so when it happens, a lot of these leagues, you'll start a run on quarterbacks, and and if you fall prey to that, you can really hamstring your own roster with the the value you could have got with a wide receiver or running back, and the the good quarterbacks are still going to be there uh, in the later rounds, uh, but certainly first round first round is just a little uh i don't know it's a little clownish i think to take (laughs) (laughs) to take a quarterback first round it's it's completely clownish like crusty a clown you know so (laughs) like what i'm hearing is don't overreact to trends and don't overthink your pick you know like you see quarterbacks going Dude, like, you'll get one in, like, the 6th or 7th round you're going to be happy with the rest of the season. I guarantee you that, you know. Um, you see running backs going. Obviously, that's one thing. Most running backs go, most good running backs go in the first part of the draft. 
but don't but don't think you won't get a decent one a little bit later if you want to get a couple of receivers or like a Travis Kelsey right. in, in round well, two, one or two, you know? And, you know, I, I've, I've heard other people say, like, oh, well, you know, if, if, if my quarterback scores the most points in the league, then that was a good pick. And that, that's not terrible logic. You know, quarterbacks are high-scoring players in fantasy. But you, in most league formats, you're going to start one quarterback a week. And you're going to start two running backs, two or three wide receivers a week. Right. And that's why it's more important to get the good wide receivers and good running backs at the appropriate, you know, in the appropriate rounds because, you know, let's say you did get a great quarterback. But who who how you don't even have three wide receivers worth starting, then, you know, you're that that that's a mistake that's going to catch up to you through the, through the season. So totally, you know, and here's a guy that could go in round four, five, six, who I would pick for a quarterback, pretty fairly quickly, uh, like I don't know, like a Kyler Murray, you know, um, Mar Mar Jackson. Is that too late? Do you think? Like I'm thinking three, four, five, maybe. Right. So, you know? and and really, the way Russell the Wilson, way I usually do it. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm not gonna get. You know, I'm not gonna just pick a quarterback in the second round because everybody is. But uh, you know, you gotta you gotta get a feel for what your league is doing, and when you start to see a run on quarterbacks in the in the fourth round, then it's a little easier to say, okay, I've got I've got three good you know, running backs and wide receivers. And, uh, and if I'm not reaching down to, to grab uh, a really uh, reliable quarterback, then fine, go ahead and pick him up. Yeah. But, uh, but you know, I've been in too many, too many drafts where somebody drafts Aaron Rodgers in the first round, and it's like, what, why? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like Josh Allen this year. I've heard going go in the first, second round, a couple drafts. And that's just, you said clownish. Right. I, I, <laughs> it's like I drunk, care. drunk drafting. If can, if, even <laughs> if you know? can guarantee yeah. that Josh Allen is going to be the number one fantasy scoring quarterback, is he really better than two wide receivers or two running backs of yeah. that upper echelon? You know, is, is, is he worth having over say Dalvin Cook and Calvin Ridley you know right. I don't think so <laughs> you know it, so it, I, I went I went top tier second tier there for, okay. for our listeners you know what I mean is, is a quarterback worth a top tier running back and a second round wide receiver no he's not worth that much so and if you pick him in the top round you're missing out on the better half of that two player combo right so, right Mario and Luigi, uh, <laughs> you know you can wait and get Brady even later, you know, and he'll get you fairly consistent points, you know, and right. and and that's fine. Like you don't have to jump on these these quarterbacks. Nobody should. In fact, anybody that wins a fantasy league most years, and what I've seen and been in leagues and seen from other folks and heard, like they they win with like a guy like Brady, you know. They wait because they, they wait and they build all their other skill positions. They're smart and free agency. Usually, you have to be to win a win a league, and they don't overthink these sorts of things. So don't panic. Take a deep breath. Right. <laughs> Stay on your plan. If your plan is to get skill positions up front, then do it. But if you see a little run, just keep in mind that that could handcuff other teams while you're waiting for your guy to to fall in a certain round, like quarterback or tight end. I see tight ends go like Travis Kelsey goes in like the beginning of the first round. I mean, like, he's like a end-of-the-second-round player. Like, right. I don't even well, know how that's even possible. You know? I, <laughs> like, I, I feel like I understand it. When, yeah. I, when I was very new to fantasy yeah. football years ago, years ago, uh, it was very tempting to jump on one of these really good tight ends because there's never more than two or three yeah. really good, really reliable tight ends. Uh, so there's this feeling that, like, if I, if I don't get one of them... Then I'll uh, then week to week I'll never be as good as as a team that has a really good tight end. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I I feel like you can make up that value other places. Uh, tight ends, you know, it like it, 
I, I, I say this with a, a lot of situations in fantasy drafts. If you're not reaching down for one of these great tight ends, if, uh, if Travis Kels falls to you at like the 18th overall pick, 20th overall pick, then absolutely grab him. But if you're reaching for Travis Kels in, sorry, Kelsey, I'm always doing that. If you're reaching for Travis Kelsey, even even at like pick 10, let's say it's the last pick of the first round of a 10, 10 team league, that's too high. That, you know, you're missing out on on guys like, you know, Stefan Diggs and, and Antonio Gibson, people that haven't gone yet. Um, and uh, it's just not, in the end, it, the points aren't going to balance out. And... Uh, I've even seen people do that with defenses where they're just sure that they know which defense is going to be by far the highest scoring fantasy defense and they have drafted defense in like round two or three. It's absolutely crazy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, (laughs) it really is. I mean, you know, like it's enough to make you want to drink, you know, which you should be doing in a (laughs) party. But regardless, you know, like... It's, uh, it really is a lot to, to comprehend, you know, and, uh, you know, what's helped myself in the past is sort of pre-ranking the players, um, keeping like a tab on the, the, like doing a lot of research and doing a lot of homework. And honestly, that's why we have put up episodes in the archives. You guys go back to the running back rankings, the quarterback rankings, wide receiver rankings, tight end rankings, all these sorts of episodes you can go back and listen to and sort of get an idea of where the rankings are and sort of how we, how we work with them and, um, using fantasypros.com has been extremely helpful when you have a consensus of 131 uh, experts and quote unquote <laughs> and nerds and people who live in their base but have nothing better to do but to rank these players. And so, like, and the magazines, you know, when I was a kid, we used to get the magazines. You know, you get like two or three magazines, you have them lined up and you'd circle players and you write people down, you go into these drafts and, you know, you just have them all pre ranked. And I feel like that's been really like, calculating as far as going into a draft and not feeling overwhelmed because there's a run on things you know or because this happens or because this happens or like somebody drops it's just okay i have a plan i'm sticking to it it's like a real nfl draft <laughs> right you know well, and you know if i could speak directly to our listeners going into your draft this year i know there's at least one player that you really really want because they're good and you like them um if you can accept right now that you're not going to get that player and just draft in a sensible way, uh, you're going to be a lot happier with yourself at the end of the fantasy season. Totally. So, yeah. If you uh, haven't learned that lesson yet, you're hearing it from me right now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, we don't have a ton of time left. I'm going to give you three. Trev's going to give you three. Three players, uh, sorry, six in total. Three to avoid, in my opinion, or not to overdraft. And three, to really keep an eye on. And if you have a chance to take them, take them. So three, in my opinion, uh, one being Ezekiel Elliott. Um, tough season this year. I think it's going to take a while for them to get transition back by having Dak at, at quarterback. And, uh, yeah, I don't know about his production long term. Um, Austin Eckler, a, a guy who really, really flourished in like a Phillip Rivers offense. But Phillip Rivers throws the running backs a lot. I feel like he's overdrafted. Uh, you know, if you get him later, I'm fine with it. But I've seen him go, like, as high as the first round, which is really wild. I mean, they're going to have an easy schedule. I'm, he'll probably be productive. But he's not going to be more productive than, like, 10 of the other running backs that will go in front of him. Um, and Darren Waller. <laughs> and, uh, like, you've heard me kind of just crap on him before. <laughs> I just I just feel like he's such a volume tight end. He's not going to really get you the points in the games you really need to win in the middle of the season and towards the end. And so I really... Just be careful. I'm not saying don't pick him. He's going to be there anyway. But maybe don't overdraft him. Don't overdraft these guys because you can get George Kittle. I think you can get George Kittle before you get Waller. And even then, I'm looking at it like Mark Andrews, TJ Hawkinson. Those are the guys you probably want to keep an eye on over him. So, Trev, give me three and three. Oh, man, you took you took the good ones. Uh, <laughs> uh, you can go with them, too. It's fine. Uh, no, I'm so just... <laughs> I, I, definitely, I definitely agree. Um, I'm just not at all sold on Ezekiel Elliott. Um, and, and a guy I see him ranked right next to, uh, Alvin Kamara. You know, if, if, you can, if you can pick Kamara over Elliott, I absolutely would. And, that, and it's not something I would say every year. But 
you know, Kamara is going to be a huge part of whatever happens in uh, in New Orleans this year. And Elliott, I'm just, you know, they've got a really great backup running back. They've got amazing wide receivers. Uh, and I'm just, I, I don't have a reason to believe in Ezekiel Elliott the way I'm seeing a lot of the rankings believe in Ezekiel Elliott this year. Um, so I, I really like that that one on your list. Mm-hmm. Um, man. Uh, yeah, just yeah, whatever you got. <laughs> and then, I mean, just, just to double down on what we've already said, I, I, I'm seeing Travis Kels, rank, Kelsey yeah. ranked really high. Uh, I absolutely think he, he's going to be the best tight end in the league this year for fantasy points, but I, I just don't think you should be drafting him in the first two rounds. Um, because there's there's so much value around there. I, I, honestly, I'd probably draft uh, Najee Harris before uh, Travis Kels, mm-hmm. uh, Kelsey. So there's <laughs> lots of things there. Um, there's a player I like. I, I want to believe that Joe Mixon is going to be a great value, um, and, and he really could in the right spot. But I'm seeing him go a little higher than I would put him, especially with how things are going in Cincinnati. Um, I just, I'm a little hesitant to put as much value on him as I'm seeing right there. Um, and then let's, let's not do another running back. Uh, I mean, unless you jabronis have been living under a rock and are still planning on drafting, uh, Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Um, yeah, I'm seeing him. He's still ranked pretty high, but injury prone. yeah, Yeah. Well, he's out for the season, isn't he? Oh, I, no, I don't know. Uh, there's there's something going on. He's some, not he's something expected going on. to miss. Partic- no, participate in a walkthrough. Sore ankle, but I think he's he's really okay. he's really small. I think he's like five seven, like two two ten, and that's right. just going to be tough for him okay. to play a whole season. Well, seventeen I, I'm games. Not, yeah, I'm not seeing him go too high, but I'd be a little cautious there. Yeah. Um. You know. Yeah, some of these guys. You know, Allen uh, Robinson. I'm not I'd say sure. Al, Allen Robinson. Yeah. Guys like Allen Robinson, uh, C.D. Lamb, mm-hmm. uh, even Mike Evans. They all have some question marks. They're all really, really great, talented receivers on teams that could be doing a lot this year. Um, Allen Robinson, obviously, is going to be very dependent on that that quarterback battle that's happening there. Um, with Mike Evans, it's more about. Uh, how much talent is on that offense? He's he's not the safe fantasy pick that he was uh, before that wide receiver squad got absolutely stacked. Mm. Um, and then with C.D. Lamb, you know we really haven't had a chance to see him play a, a season with Dak Prescott. So the the sky's the limit on C.D. Lamb. But I do think that this is what I mean. Cowboys fans are going to draft him way too early because they're afraid that they won't get him and they have to have him. Um, and I understand that, you know, he used to draft Adrian Peterson way too soon. Uh, but, uh, CD lamb is somebody that I would like to see, you know, I would like to draft CD lamb closer to the, the top of the fourth. Mm-hmm. I'm seeing him go middle third, late third. Mm-hmm. So, you know, but, uh, for the most part, a lot of these, uh, look pretty good. These later wide receivers. Yeah. 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 And you can get, always get one. And I just saw even, like, somebody take Aaron Rodgers in, like, the sixth, seventh round. So, you know, like I said, you just get your skilled people. Get them. Absolutely. And then get your yeah. quarterback, literally. Like, don't worry about it. <laughs> you know, it doesn't even matter where you pick because there's somebody's going to fall, something's going to happen. It's just the way it works, you know. Uh, and uh, and you, you really, even yeah. even guys like Patrick Mahomes and, uh, and uh, Josh, Josh Allen. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, I, I really I mean, as much as it's as difficult as it might be, you, you really shouldn't be drafting these guys until the fourth round. Even right. the, the best quarterbacks out there shouldn't be going until the fourth round. Right. Good analysis. Good analysis. We are coming to the end, sir, and a, just a action-packed show. <laughs> uh, do you have anything else you want to say, Trev, before we say sayonara today? Uh, no, I mean, it's there's just... There's been a lot of developments, um, which uh, is fun because it, it feels like we're really picking up speed as the uh, regular season is just around the corner. Um, so uh, yeah, we're you know 
keep keep tuning in and, and you'll hear more and more from us as things get better and better and uh you know the really good stuff is just around the corner <laughs> at bobby law on instagram that's me rob case he's at trevor trev do do it on instagram uh trevor koppel uh that's we're right. We got it all over social media. We don't do enough on it, but it's fine. It's fine. You come follow us, you know, and there will be great pictures of cats and things of that nature. So um, we're at Football in General on Spotify, Pod, uh, PodServe, a bunch of other platforms, Apple Podcasts, and among other things, we're just in your earwax right there, right in your ears. <laughs> <laughs> so um, looking forward to another week of football, preseason week three. We're out.